Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidan, and together with Thorne and Robbie as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions and ideas and sometimes interviews for the next tabletop role-playing game experience. In this episode, we're going to discuss how to be the bad guy. Uh, this is not your typical... BBEG, unless you're gonna be the BBEG, but it's more of being uh, the the bad guy of the party and being uh, maybe even a, a hidden bad guy uh, if your DM so chooses. Uh, so we'll start with that. Uh, Thorn, this was your idea, so take the mic. Okay, this is actually something I'm, I'm I love. I love the drama. I love you know, really kicking up the, the anxiety and everything in my games. Um, and I've done NPC bad guys before where they were part of the party and um, were kind of hidden. And I would have people roll, you know, perception checks and everything just to see if they could figure out what they're doing. Uh, it, 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 it's something that's very close to what I like to do. I like to torture my players. I mean, that's just what I do. And uh, it, it can be... Like, and I've asked, I've, I've had people, like, past DMs or story weavers ask me to be, um, you know, a hidden plant, somebody that's, that's going to cause trouble in the party, and I was all on board, all for it. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, that I do recommend, though, if you're going to do this, if you're going to make, if you're going to ask a player in the party to be a bad guy, um, you have to know your party. Because people take that shit personally. People get pissed yeah. when somebody they know is a bad guy. Um, and it, it, to cause less grief and just to have fun with it, you have to know who you're dealing with. You have to know the people in your party or the people that you're, you're story weaving for. Because if you have somebody in there that, that takes uh, like damage or something going wrong with their, with their player personally – it's kind of a check. You have to kind of figure that out because they're not going to be happy about it. <laughs> what do you think, Robbie? Um, definitely. Well, I it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, <laughs> I've I've played a lot of games where I've ended up being an, an inadvertently being a uh, or you know on purpose being a bad guy that was planned. Let's be real, it's usually on purpose. It's well, it's usually so. What ends up happening is I'll um, there's two examples that I have of when I was a bad guy in a campaign full of good guys, and um, one of them was for Illidan's campaign where I was a bad guy, and that was on purpose by me, but not like not on purpose, uh, like that wasn't a planned thing between me and you. Um, it just kind of happened because I just started doing, and then it became planned the more I started doing um, things that were sort of evil um you mean like making a deal with an elder brain yeah and that that was it was a fun experience it was um it's definitely a difficult thing to do um especially if the other players don't know about it uh trying to <laughs> trying to work because every the experience i had with that one that was that was particularly his name was sorlog the experience i had with that one is that i was 
I was evil, but I wasn't like, it wasn't a mystery to the rest of the players. It was just a mystery <laughs> to the characters. So like I would do evil things and we would like, I would discuss it with, with Illidine and like it would, it would happen in front of the players, but not their characters. But a lot of the times you, you have to strike that balance between your, um, your uh, players and like what, like it's, it goes back to metagaming because a lot of the times what would end up happening is that <laughs> the players care, the players characters are more on edge now about my character. It wasn't so much that they, their characters suspected I was evil. It was that the players witnessed my character doing evil things at the table. So, and that was my experience before as well. And that one was a planned out villain in one of my friend's campaigns where I was a, I was like an undercover like agent and I was working against them and stuff um, and trying to prevent them from, from uh, trying to prevent the players from discovering certain information. So it was, it was a lot more fun because it everything was kind of a kind of done in secret. Um, a lot of it was pa I passed like notes to the DM about my character and like the players didn't really suspect that my character was like evil. So that one was a a lot more um, a lot more mystery about it. But uh, yeah, I mean finding finding that balance um, and also making sure that. Um, that you, when you're playing, that you uh, also respect other people's um, like characters as well, just because you're the villain and the and the story weaver gives you the opportunity to have like a a ability outside of the norm doesn't is not an opportunity for you to um, take over other people's characters against their will or anything. Yeah, like for that. sure. Yeah, um, and we can actually talk about that um, when or rather how uh, we go about uh, having a bad guy at the table. Because like you both said, I mean, it can really change the dynamic. Uh, and, and you know, Thorne said it uh, really well, is that sometimes people can just take that really to heart. Um, and we talked about that a little bit in some episodes of just not taking things to heart. But that is hard for some people at times, especially trying to separate themselves from their characters. Um, that's one thing that I definitely um, advise and warn about is that, hey, you are not your character. These people are not doing things to you. They're doing it to your character. Um, it is a fantasy world where fantasy things happen. Uh, however, to avoid some of the um, anger uh, issues and some of the, the, the hurt feelings, uh, there's a couple of different things that all three of us have done in all our campaigns to, to mitigate that. Um, and I'll, I'll start with one is the, the first one is the, really the easiest. It's literally to tell the entire table, yo, Robbie, he's going to be the bad guy this game. Your characters don't know it, but now you do work with that RP go. And we take it from there. And mm -hmm. that's where, you know, with, with Sorlog, as you were saying, it didn't necessarily start as a plan, but as things progressed, it was just like, Hey, Sorlog is really like a bad dude um so let's you know we'll, we'll expand on that uh but now the whole table knows okay robbie is actively trying to be the bad guy with this character as opposed to just like dude what are you doing <laughs> so i i think that that's uh one thing to uh to really think about is uh is just making sure that we're we're communicating robbie what's your what's your thought on on being the bad guy how do we communicate 
and avoid hurt feelings. The way you communicate with your players is um, have it at the beginning. Uh, don't let it be like if if you want your if you want the table to run smoothly. Don't let it be. Don't let it be like one giant mystery for everybody. Like oh, like oh no, that player is evil. Oh no, and so like everybody's all everybody's surprised and like really upset because a player did something against one of the characters, and then there's a giant conflict. Just be open and honest about it, and then have everyone play into their characters not knowing. Is probably mm-hmm. the the best way I can think. But if you're going to have a a mystery, um, uh, a mystery like villain, like you're gonna have one player reveal that he's the villain, and like if you're trying to keep it under wraps, um, I guess the best advice I can give is just don't overpower that player. I've I've been in tables where um, story weavers would do this will will be like, okay, this this secret villain is gonna or this villain is gonna be going to have special abilities that only um that only they will that they will have because they're the secret villain at the table and so it becomes very like well how does that person have that power and like well how do they get this you know so just keeping that balance and i mean another way like the way i did it um because i didn't tell my my characters when i did it and the the person that that i did it for the the story where i did it for didn't tell me that table either was uh, basically make the character like Renfield like he's doing it against his will Mm -hmm. so what you do is you make the person that's going against the the bad guy in your party that's going against you be a victim so the character I did it with when I did it um, he was taken over by you know a, a bigger bad guy and was doing things against his will. So rather than it being a point of contention in the party where, oh, this guy's working against us, it's, oh, no, somebody's controlling him. He's working against us. We need to save him. So it yeah. makes another plot hook, and it, it really uh, gets – it makes them feel for the victim, for that character that's against them. And it, it can make them – you know, really come out of it, come out of their shell and just come at it. And, and because they're so close to your, your party tends to get close. So when it's somebody they like, you know, they, they will go the extra mile and it, it can make for some really good RP. Hell yeah, it can. And we actually, we actually did that with uh, Forrest uh, because he came to me, which is also a fun one for you story weavers out there is, is if a player just comes up to you and says, Hey, I, I want to be the bad guy. Uh, and, and what Forrest did with me in my, in my campaign was that he came up and said, hey, I want a slow descent into madness and be the bad guy, but I don't want to dictate how you do it. So just throw things at me and I'll, you know, we'll pick up on the cues. And so what I did was I, I had this item that uh, I stole from somebody uh, I think it, I actually stole it from Matt Colville. It's a, a scroll, uh, a necromatic uh, scroll or tome. And I changed just a little bit. Uh, and so as soon as he grabbed it, he pricked his finger uh, in order to read the, the scroll. There was, it was just an empty scroll and there was just like a, a line about blood for blood type thing. And so he slammed his thumb on the, on the needle of the, at the end of the scroll and he had to do a constitution save. And eventually, uh, he was able to use 
part of the scroll and as time progressed the scroll got stronger he got stronger in his necromatic abilities uh and then we did things where he had dreams about a certain character um uh, an npc and they made a deal and as soon as he made the deal he lost uh you know two points uh off of his uh, total hit points and it made him look gaunt it made him look a little bit more pale things like that and it was just very very slow uh but every time that he uh did something there was an extra flair to his magic or he had a vision of that person uh from the scroll and uh you know unfortunately we never got to see the full fruition of uh him going into that descent into madness uh but we got pretty darn close and it was a lot of fun <laughs> and it's not my fault i was playing to my character nah, yeah huh? i know <laughs> i still blame you though <laughs> yeah um but let's uh let's do a a uh, I'll round robin, I guess, of uh, one piece of advice that we would give for being the bad guy. How would you, uh, you know, Robbie, you you did the most recent one, I think, of being a bad guy in the party. Um, how did you go about making those decisions? Um, well, um, I guess the best advice I can give any player that wants to be the villain um, is read your table, like read the room honestly um if your dm has expressed that the game because there are some dms like that i i know i have a very close friend who is a who who is a story weaver who his games all of his characters have to be good guys like to an extent or neutral like at the lowest and they must they have to be either neutral or good and um he's like we're playing a game of heroes like this is a campaign of heroes like when we're fighting a villain and he says i'm not gonna allow any of you to be villains in my campaign and that's that is i i do sometimes i feel that's very restrictive but some but respect respect your story we were first of all and then also um respect the table because usually that will attract people who are looking for that similar um that looking for that similar group and so just read the room. Like if you want to play a villain and read your group, um, read your story weaver, um, express what you're trying to do in the game, set up those expectations, and that will eliminate a lot of complications in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that that's something, I mean, obviously we've talked about it before in an episode. Uh, go listen to the session uh, zero episode where we talk about communication and talking to the table and finding out what we all expect from the games and how to protect yourself. Uh, shameless plug, but <laughs> uh, yeah, shameless plug. Uh, but, you know, I think that one of the things that I do as a, as a player uh, when I want to be the bad guy is I definitely use notes and text messages. Uh, the, best example that I can I can think of uh, was a, a campaign that I did with Robbie as the story weaver and there was an instance where everyone was kind of talking uh, there wasn't it wasn't necessarily like nothing was getting done we were all role-playing but my character being a uh, intelligent barbarian I kind of flipped it on its head but he was an, a very intelligent barbarian that had a lot of secrets and he was just getting fed up and he wanted to move on into this um 
dragonborn area and you know surprise everyone and there was this uh uh i think there was like a it was, was it a crumpus basket it was some weird basket that had a, a yeah. thing in it um oh, that and, was awesome. yeah the and it, it kept it kept the asking okay the basket of crumpus and he he kept asking for the the character who owned the basket's hair and he kept refusing kept refusing and i was like you know what uh, and I text Robbie and I, I said, Hey, can I stealthily just get behind the guy and cut a piece of hair? And so he made me roll a stealth check. Then he made me roll an attack. And as long as I didn't crit, I didn't decapitate the dude, but, uh, you know, I, I succeeded in my, my stealth check. So he texts me back. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit. I rolled to hit. And all of this was done while my character was still talking and while everyone else was still talking at the table. And then as soon as he said, okay, go ahead and role play it. I got to stop the conversation and say, okay, as soon as my character walks up behind so-and-so uh, he pulls out a hand ax and cuts the hair. And before the character could react, I dropped the hair into the basket and I forget what kind of boon we got, but it was, it was helpful. Um, and you know, it was one of those chaotic things that could have definitely have gone wrong had I not read the room well enough. Um, but, you know, the player was somewhat cool with it at least. And, you know, he role played it and he attempted to, uh, to stop me with an athletic check to catch the hair out of the basket. But, you know, that was the thing that, uh, that we did is we just used text messages. Um, and I think that, you know, with, with the communication, that's one tool that we can use is text messages or just a, a note. And by sliding the note over, that also lets the table know like, hey, there's, there's something going on and they can just continue role playing and you can still get that, that cue. What about you, Thorne? No, no I, I, ha I have to agree with you that the texting with the, the Star Weaver is amazing. It helps so much when you're playing the bad guy. Mm -hmm. But my advice would be, and it's it can be difficult. Um, don't metagame. Oh yeah, that's a hard only, one. Uh, only know so much that your character knows. Um, I've gotten pretty good at that over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, that I I play my characters to my characters. I play them what they were supposed to be, what I made them to be. Um, even if it even if it hurts them. I play them to what they are. Um, it, when you're playing your characters, most people, and, and I'm not saying it's, it's all people, but most people um, become um, emotionally attached to them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a hard thing to do something that you know is going to hurt your character, but if it's playing towards your character, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, it, it, as far as like the characters I've played with, with, um, these amazing Star Weavers we have on this podcast. Uh, I really try hard to play to my character. And I think I've succeeded for the most part. But when you're a bad guy and you are trying to work against that party and you have to do something that you know is going to hurt them, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to do it. Yep. That, that's the hard part. So my advice is just steal yourself to it talk to your dm about it text them you know and i mean i obviously when i was doing this kind of thing where i was playing the bad guy we didn't have the, the tech stuff but 
really talk to them about it and get comfortable with it because it could be like if you're emotionally attached to your character, it can be painful. <laughs> yeah, it, it really can. Uh, when we can, let's expand just a tiny teensy bit on, on metagaming uh, some more because realistically metagaming in this context and in this situation, it's absolutely necessary because one, maybe two people know that your character is the bad guy uh, unless you tell it to the whole party. But then you have this meta knowledge, um, right? And for those of you that don't know, meta usually stands for most efficient tactic available. Um, it, it's an acronym that a lot of gamers use. But in this case, it's just using knowledge that Thorn the person knows comparatively to uh, Tara his character, right? And so in this case, knowing that, say, Sorlog, Robbie's character is the bad guy, Raven, Milo's, uh, Milo's character, or Milo the character from Raven, she couldn't just um, say, you know, from the one session to the next, Sorlog's the bad guy, we need to kill him. It had to be, the, the character had to figure it out. And so one way that you could do that is by asking your dm and we've talked about this before we've given a, a a situation but it was one of the the really old episodes um if you're fighting a troll in combat and robbie the person knows that trolls are weak against fire but his character may not you can robbie can ask the dm you know hey or the story weaver hey i know that trolls are are weak against fire can we can we do a history roll? Can I do an intel a nature check? Something that might show my character that uh, you know the weakness. And usually, any story weaver will say, "Yeah, go ahead and roll." You can roll a history check if the history check's high enough. You could just RP or you know uh, say that Robbie's character had read a book about trolls at one point in time, and he just has that knowledge. Or if battle has gone on long enough and somebody did use a uh, fire or maybe there's a campfire that, you know, clearly this troll with a high enough perception roll, the troll is walking around this fire and giving it a wide berth, you know that trolls don't like fire and you can use that knowledge. And in this situation, you can try and do something like that too with, with your bad guy. Do you guys, Robbie and Thorne, do you guys have any suggestions like that? Well, I mean, when I when when I was playing Terra against Thorlog, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, an, it was an accumulation. Yeah, Terra was intelligent enough uh, to figure out that there was something wrong there, and at the same time, while she was going against Forrest's character and 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 Robbie's character, it was a lot. And to play to the character, of course. I mean, I, I shot Sorlog in the face with an arrow. <laughs> and that's because she could be um, impulsive at times. Mm -hmm. Very rarely, but she could be impulsive at times. And it mm -hmm. was just a feeling that she got that I, I, I thought about and thought about and thought about when, when the RP was going on. I was like, okay, this is done. This right. is done. And I think the I think that the the last straw that broke the camel's back for Terra was when Sorlog threw a potion at Milo's dragon, and was like, yeah. hey, "That's that's that's not something good." And because you had already thought about um, the the decision so long that the hair trigger is easy to uh, 
it's a pool at that point. Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Well, um, it's so the thing about the thing about that is that that's always the issue you're gonna encounter when people are aware that you are evil. So everyone kind of knew I was I was evil at the table already because I had been making deals outside of like I've been making deals in game, but while the characters weren't there, um, the players were. The players mm-hmm. witnessed it all, and that's always something you you will encounter when you're playing an evil character. Everyone just gets a lot more suspicious of you. And it's kind of instinctive, like, um, and that reflects onto everyone's characters. So when when somebody thinks that you're doing, when somebody witnesses you doing something evil, later on, it's they're more than likely going to be like, oh, um, I'm not going to do that with your character because it's just going to get me killed because I witnessed this, but my character didn't. And that's as a story weaver, you have to go in and kind of, um, kind of like comb those situations out and be like, well that's when you have to really harker down and be like, is that in lieu of what your character would do? You know, like, um, is that something, do you feel like your character would be just like untrustworthy, make like an art, like make the, make the case why your character would be untrustworthy about that situation, you know? So. And to that point, like when, when we were RPing that whole situation, those whole, and it, it didn't happen in one session, it was several sessions. As a player, you're witnessing some of these deals and some of these things that are happening, but your character is not. So we were part, we were, we were able to listen to some of these deals he was making. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? And at the same time, the characters weren't witnessing it. So you had to, to rein it in and not do anything until it was physically like the RP was in the regular world, not just in his mind. So and I actually think it was hard for some of the party to actually do that. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a hard thing to do, uh, and you get better with time. You just have to keep it in your mind that hey, I can see this, but my character can't. Exactly. So you have to play it as that. Yeah, yeah. it's easier with it's easier with um, it's easier with with a uh, with a player uh, with a it's easier with a group of more advanced players like they're um they've been playing it for a while and they're kind of used to the role playing and used to the not meta gaming and everything it's usually you encounter it with the more more um newer players it's harder for them to separate the fantasy from the reality um and so they they see something and they're like oh i know that and so it's just as a story weaver you just have to mediate that and it should be fine yeah, and I, I think, you know, as a last thought before we get to concluding thoughts, um, as far as being that that mediator, that facilitator as a story weaver, um, if you know a person is just outright metagaming, they may not know or notice that they're metagaming. It's not always with malicious intent. I mean, because let's, let's face it, we all want to be that, that hero. That's why we play this game. So, exactly. you know, if you... If you find yourself watching a person use meta knowledge to get their character a little bit more in the limelight, you can just remind them like, hey, your character wasn't there when Robbie made that deal with the, the elder brain. Uh, so, you know, we can, we can, uh, what's the word? We can retcon uh, what you just said. We can reword it a little bit. Maybe you are suspicious of Robbie's character, but right now your character does not know about that elder brain deal so let's let's try and work around that and that's 
probably the most civil and easiest way to just push the story along and nip the metagaming in the bud, so to speak. I agree. And that's, that's the thing uh, with, with the metagaming as, as a sword weaver, don't be afraid to tell your characters, hey, let's, let's bring this in. You, you don't know, your character doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming up on uh, like 35, 40 minutes. Um, so we can go uh, real quick, round robin, uh, do some some closing thoughts. We can talk a little bit more about uh, metagaming. We could talk about being the bad guy um, and, uh, and go from there. Uh, Thorne, do you have any closing thoughts real quick? I mean, I talk a lot, so yes. Oh, okay. Well, by all means. <laughs> okay. So, as a story weaver, uh, <laughs> don't be afraid if you want to throw a really weird twist into your game to ask a player to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if they ask, be open to it. It can it can lead to some very interesting RP and really a weird, like, dramatic plot hook through your game. It's something you have to think about as, as a story weaver is, is keeping people interested. So this really, I mean, honestly, a lot of people don't look for this. It can be very interesting. Now, mm-hmm. as a player, don't be afraid of it. It's a lot of fun. And I'm telling you from experience, it is so much fun. Uh, to work against, and, and I, I'm, I it sucks to say that it's kind of weird, but to work against your friend in this game, it can be so rewarding and fun. It's amazing. And to get the reactions you will get from people when they figure it out, if your story doesn't tell them, but if, when they finally figure it out, they can be just look so crushed. And it, to me, that's enjoyable because I'd like to get the, the weird reactions off of people. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun. You just have to know the people you're with and, and do it in a way that's not going to piss people off because people can be exactly. mad. Mm. Exactly. Robbie? Um, so the other part I wanted to touch on as a closing thought was um, know, that, know that being a being a bad guy in the story doesn't mean that you that that player has to be the bad guy um one cool dynamic that that a lot of stories can really explore is at what point does a bad guy and a good guy team up when their um when their motivations and their goals align you know and that could be a cool story dynamic between your players and and if one player wants to play like a a truly like evil character or a villain um and the other player is like well i'm a hero then it'd be really cool to explore what kind of big bad would unite these two people together you know what kind of other thing would unite would unite them to to they could fight against or or attempt to tackle together so that'd be another cool thing to explore with your players i think yeah i I mean i think that's really cool i think we've we've done that uh ourselves uh robbie and i for sure um there was a a one shot that we did where i think you were you were some egyptian princess or were you Uh, an ox in the moon yeah and i mean she was just the way that robbie wrote it was just 
evil as evil could be. Uh, and the rest of our characters were just buddies of a situation at that point. We were just, we were useful tools. <laughs> I was in that, I was playing a sociopath, so. Yeah, you know, I mean, (laughs) as one does, (laughs) Uh, but I I think I was like a a neutral good or something like that, Um, and so it was one of those weird things that we just had to, we had to find that balance, and we talked to each other, you know, outside of the game, too, and say, like, hey, how are our characters going to interact, and as Thorne said, you know, don't be afraid of that. Um, There is nothing wrong with communicating outside of the game. In fact, I advocate for it wholeheartedly. Um, And, uh, um, you know, when we're when we're talking about uh, communication, I'm talking about like Thorne and I, two pages worth of text messages uh, outside of game just to to talk about uh, our characters and, you know, when, especially as a a story weaver for me, when I was talking to Thorne about creating his new characters, just communicate, just talk to each other. And it can actually be really fun, uh, especially if uh, you guys can't get enough of D and D. I know sometimes, you know, especially as we get older and we have full-time jobs and all this stuff, and it's just really hard to get together. Uh, You know, like my campaign now has, has come down to, uh, one time a month so in between those other 30 days we can text each other and i i have a necklace with a, a d20 on it so anytime they want to the the party wants to text me and say hey i've got a, a downtime thing i want to do as long as we're in a city you know that's when i take care of all of the shopping stuff that's when i take care of all of the 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 weird uh robbie deals with elder brains and stuff it's it's all out of game nine times out of ten and that helps that also helps with that meta knowledge as well, uh, because I mean, you, you unless you tell the people like, hey, I, you know, Robbie texted me the other day and made a deal with an elder brain, uh, they're not going to know, and it just makes it so much easier. And, and as a, a last thought on it, uh, if you do end up playing as a player or even as a story if if you get somebody to play the bad guy, you need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. A lot more than you do talk to the other players because a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes. A lot of that stuff happens in his head. You yeah. have to keep those lines of communication open. Yeah. Have to. Otherwise, it can go just completely crazy. Yeah. So talk to them, figure out what's going on, figure out what's happening behind the scenes where the other players don't know because stuff happens. If they're the bad guy, that other players can't know. Yeah. And, and, and last thing before, before we, we close for sure, uh, it's monologues, man. That is one of the, the best things that has come to, uh, to the tabletop gaming is the instillment of having characters do monologues. And it's, it's been done off and on, uh, you know, but like Eberron really came out with the noir theme and doing monologues. Uh, and uh, I know, uh, Call of Cthulhu is is one that advocates for for monologues and things like that. So, you know, utilizing a monologue that's something that no player knows except the one that's doing the monologue. Um, so that's something that you know, hey, uh, story weaver uh, Robbie, uh, I'm going to text you a monologue that my character's going through. It's all in their head, as Thorne said, um, and uh, like the, the prep and prepare exactly. 
And that can be something that is really cool just in-game. Uh, we did a, a one-shot that turned into a campaign with Forrest that Forrest just randomly will say, hey, Illidine, give me a monologue for your character. And I got to go, uh, Braum is thinking swing stick, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. But it, it's, it's, it's enough to where it brings out some more role play and uh, brings some more depth to your character. Uh, with that being said, uh, we appreciate all of you that are listening. Uh, share the share the episode. Uh, you know, give us a like and a follow. Uh, do all the things, uh, and remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. Hey, y'all! We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, consider giving us a like, a follow, or a review, which all go a long way into helping us continue to grow. If you liked this content a lot and want more of it, consider supporting us by joining our Patreon, where you can get exclusive content like NPCs of the Week, Towns of the Month, and access to our Discord server. If you can't join for whatever the reason, we definitely get it, but you can still help us by telling your friends about us. They can listen to us now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Amazon Music slash Audible, Podbean, and even Facebook. We thank you all ever so much for listening. Good luck with your games out there, steal everything, and have fun.